Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years experience with classic, vintage sport and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc., 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. If you like golf, enjoy affordable golf at Magnolia Valley Golf Club, located on Massachusetts Avenue in Newport Ritchie. Play for as little as $15 after 2 p.m. The club has two beautiful courses to choose from, an 18-hole championship par 72 plus another nine-hole executive par 33. Join their open leagues on Wednesday afternoons at 4 and Sunday mornings at 8. Call 727-847-2342 for tee times or visit their website, magnoliavalleygolfclub.com. In New York City, on a street in the East 40s, there's an ordinary tailor shop. Or is it ordinary? We entered through the agent's entrance, and we are now in UNCLE headquarters. That's the United Network Command for Law and Enforcement. UNCLE is an organization consisting of agents of all nationalities. It's involved in maintaining political and legal order anywhere in the world. I'm an enforcement agent in Section 2 here. That's operations and enforcement. I am Ilya Kuryakin. I'm also an enforcement agent. Like my friend Napoleon, I go and I do whatever I am told to by our chief. Oh, oh yes. Alexander Waverley, number one in Section 1, in charge of this, our New York headquarters. It's from here that I send these young men on their various missions. <laughs> Listeners, welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm your host tonight, and uh, how you doing, Lee? Fine, Robert. How are you doing? Uh, I know you're doing. I'm hanging in there. Uh, for you listeners out there, I just played a kind of an intro to the old uh, 1964, 5, 6, I think, and 7, uh, the Man from Uncle TV show. You remember that? I do. The reason we play that show tonight is because our guest this evening, our very special guest this evening, also a well-known individual, had something to do with this uh, TV show. So uh, I won't say what it is just yet, but uh, it'll be a clue later. Uh, at any rate, welcome to the show, everybody. And if you get a chance, run to your computers real quick and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can pull us up on the internet, and I'll be waving. And uh, we got a real busy month still. we got all these events still going on, and I mean, there's so many of them, I can't name them all. But uh, at any rate, this weekend, I think we've got at uh, Sumter County, they got the three-day 
extravaganza, which starts the uh, the 17th, 18th, and 19th. So it actually starts Thursday. I think they're setting up on or Friday. They're setting up on Thursday. So Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday Sunday. Be a huge swap meet up at Sumter County. Of course, then you know we got Zephyr Hills coming up. I, I do occasionally attend uh, swap meets uh, as much as I can, but I, I try to get through some of the races and stuff too. And we have the SVRA races coming up in Sebring on uh, March 1st through the 3rd. And of course, the big event that everybody's looking forward to here in Florida, which is a huge, huge event, is the Amelia Island Concourse, which is a four-day event, three to four-day event in uh, Amelia Island, which is up just north of Jacksonville and Ferdinina Beach. I believe that's how they correctly pronounce it. So it's right on the Georgia-Florida border right up there, just off I-90. Excellent, excellent venue. Uh, most amazing people. Most amazing cars. It's just, it's just a lot of uh, cool stuff. Matter of fact, we probably will be having uh, Bill Warner on. Bill Warner is the founder of Amelia Island. He'll be on in a couple of weeks, uh, either next weekend or the weekend after, shortly before the show. So we're looking forward to having him on, and he can tell us, you know, uh, the uh, all about the show and who the featured honorary uh, guests are going to be. One in particular will be Carol Shelby, I believe, because it is the fiftieth year of the Cobra, so he will be featured. And uh, so it should be a really, really, really fun event. Anyway, hey, what do we got on that uh, tape deck? We have uh, the Blade Runner theme by Vangelis. Okay, now there's a reason for that song, too, because our guest this evening had something to do indirectly, or directly, actually, with that movie. So for my listeners out there, enjoy. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork. 
or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great place to eat right on the main part of Clearwater Beach. Located at 333 South Gulfview Boulevard. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill has two floors of food, drink, and fun. They have daily specials, happy hour, nightly entertainment. Their menu caters to seafood lovers as well as land lovers. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill, 727-608-2065. They're open in the morning for breakfast until 1 a.m. So stop by and visit my friends, Turtle, Eddie, and Polly, and all the girls and staff at Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill. That's 727-608-2065. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you never know, you might get a free drink. That's Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill on Clearwater Beach, 727-608-2065. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And uh, a couple quick uh, shout-outs to some friends of mine. Uh, hey, if you guys got a vintage car, classic car, or a vintage boat, or a ski boat, or something like that that needs some repair work, give my friends at uh, Forte's Inboard Auto Connection in Largo down there a call. Okay, they got a local number. It's 727-644-5440. That's 727-644-5440. Say hi to my friend Dom. Be sure to mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You might get a discount. But anyway, he does some excellent work on cars uh, for some specialty stuff. They do restorations. But they do some some pretty wicked stuff over there. And and of course, if you got a ski boat uh, or any boat with an inboard engine in it, they love to work on those. Also, I want to give a big shout-out because in a couple of weeks here, we're going to be displaying right behind me. I don't know if you can see us on the Internet. If you are, you should be watching us on the computer. But right behind me, we got this huge window. And uh, I've got my friend Doug at the sign shop uh, making us a really cool banner. And that'll be displayed in the future behind me. And uh, it'll have our new logo on it. If you want to run to our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, you can see what our new logo is going to look like. It's a really wicked 57 Thunderbird gas or tough-looking piece. It was drawn by a friend of mine out in uh, Washington State, uh, Jeff Allison. Uh, Jeff does some amazing artwork. If you get a chance, uh, look up his website or his Facebook page, Jeff Allison. And uh, But anyway, Doug at the sign shop on uh, Madeira Beach down there. His number is 727-278-9659. That's 727-278-9659. Hello. 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 It's time for a radio giveaway. If you'd like to win a prize on Nostalgic Radio Cars, call 727-441-3000. Or toll-free, 1-866-826-1340. Call now. All right, that's the lead-in to tonight's prizes. Again, another $10 gift certificate to Krabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill down in Clearwater Beach. So if you want to take your sweetie down to Clearwater Beach, enjoy a spectacular sunset and some great company, some great music on weekends. They have bands down there and stuff. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, obviously, but you got to win tonight's question. So be the ninth caller, okay? And the question tonight is... Uh, earlier in the show, I played the theme song to the, the hit TV show, 1966 hit TV show. Actually, it was 64, 5, and 6, I believe. Anyway, it was called The Man from Uncle. What does Uncle stand for? What does Uncle stand for? Yes, you can run to your computer and you can cheat because I can't control that. But And I know you will, so it's okay. But anyway, what does Uncle stand for? That's tonight's question for a $10 gift certificate to Krabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill. So the ninth caller... You kind of have to hurry because we've been giving these gift certificates away every week now, okay? And then also what we will do is we're going to welcome a new sponsor, the Tampa Bay Auto Museum, which is down in uh, Pinellas Park, actually, in the Gateway area. Uh, we will be giving away some tickets to the Tampa Bay Museum, Tampa Bay Auto Museum. So if you really enjoy some really cool vintage pre-war, post-war French-European classics and some amazing state-of-the-art Cars. I mean, there's Delahays, there's Delages, there's Tatras. Uh, most of the cars down there, I think the theme is front engine, front wheel drive. I believe that's pretty much what they collect in it. But it's just very, very interesting stuff. And it's amazing how 
long, uh, these type of uh, designs and uh, technology and engineering have been around, and a lot, a lot of people don't really know that uh, they've been around so almost since the turn of the century. Of course, we had a couple breaks there, World War One, World War Two. so a lot of the car industry got sidelined, but then they brought this stuff out back, and when they did, they always improved us. So the Tampa Bay Auto Museum, we welcome them to the show, and we will be giving away some tickets to them in the future. Okay, let's uh, pretty much, let's go ahead and roll a couple commercials, let's get our guests on the phone, because I am real excited, because I've given away two clues tonight who our guest is going to be, and I'm excited, because this guy's really, really, really amazing. This guy's an amazing individual, especially for his age. Okay, I mean, he's just hanging in there, and he keeps on ticket. He's an inspiration to all of us. He's truly a legendary car guy. How about that? Hey, listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great pizza shop right here in downtown Clearwater, Bro's Pizzeria, voted number one in the city of Clearwater. They're located at 547 South Fort Harrison Avenue. They have great New York-style pizza, as well as delicious lasagna, spaghetti and meatballs, manicotti, linguine, and if you're in the neighborhood for lunch, they have great hot and cold sandwiches and appetizers. So call 727-441-6025 for takeout and deliveries. Or stop by for a veal parmesan dinner and a nice glass of vino. That's Bro's Pizzeria. Check out their website and watch my friend Olti create a spectacular pizza before your very eyes. What would you like on your pizza? Call Bro's Pizzeria, 727-441-6025. That's 727-441-6025. And tell them Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. As most of you know, I'm in the car business, and often I need cars towed. Well, Kotaka's Towing has all the trucks and equipment to meet your needs. Whether it's long distance, short distance, or just around the corner, they can get it done. Kotaka's Towing, located at 1141 Court Street in Clearwater. Also, they have a full-service repair and body shop to meet all your automotive needs. So give my friends Lefty and Joey a call at Kotaka's Towing at 727-447-1952. And be sure to mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you might get a discount.
About what? I mean, I think we should have a better understanding. I just want to bury the hatchet. Where? Oh! Oh! Isn't that a darling? No, it's a reactor Mach 2. Tell me, would you like to have a car like this? Sure, but even if I could afford it, I couldn't get it. It's not on the market yet. Really? Well, then close your eyes and hold out your hand. Hmm? <laughs> What's that? Those are the keys to the car you wanted. <laughs> Come on, charm boy. Let's go see. Come on. Reactor Mark II. Oh, it's beautiful. It makes the Batmobile look like a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a flip top roof. Oh, wow, that's wonderful. Oh, electric doors. How about that? Yes, how about that? Darren, don't you think you should pay? Oh, listen to that power plant. There must be a gold mine under that hood. I hope so. Hydraulic suspension system. Yeah. And look at that control panel. It's even got a radar screen. Will you look at that power plant? Darren, don't you realize how hurt Mother's going to be if you don't keep it? Honey, it's a matter of principle. Look, if you just accept the car graciously, maybe she'd stop bugging you. She will? It's worth a try. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's just about time to welcome my special guest for the evening. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this guy. He started in, uh, I guess, say, Northern California, okay, in the Modesto area, started in a, in a little chicken coop behind his mom's house, uh, customizing cars, and he has customized everything from the Strip Star to the reactor, which was featured in this TV show, The Bewitched, back in 1965-66, to uh, the uh, Galileo shuttle that was used on uh, Star Trek, and the 25 cars that were featured in the movie Blade Runner. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show the legendary car customizer, Gene Winfield. Gene, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Robert. Uh, nice to hear from you. Yeah, how you doing? What would you think of the intro? Did that work for you? Oh, yes, it was beautiful. I just love it. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about the reactor. How did the reactor come about? I mean, I know that's kind of like midway into your, uh, you know, your, your customizing career early, you know, early on in the '60s. But tell us a little bit about that particular well, car. Well, a, a promoter from uh, Hartford, Connecticut, called me. Joe Kaisers called me and said, "I'd like to build a special car so I can call it the Autorama Special." And so we, after you know, a few phone conversations and and a few sketches and stuff, we we created the, the vehicle. And um, actually uh, designed it, and he okayed it, and all that. So I went ahead and built it for him, and he called it the Autorama Special. So we had it for about a year and a half, and um, you know I used. By the way, the the um, chassis is a Citron. It's a '62 Citron ID19 chassis with a Corvair, a turbocharged Corvair front-wheel drive. So. Anyway, I built the car, and so it had all this hydraulic suspension and everything, and it was leaking, kept leaking oil. And he called up, and I said, well, if you don't like it, why don't you sell it back to me? So he said, okay. So he sold it back to me for the same price I charged him, and uh, and then I owned it for, I don't know, 10, 12 years, something like that, and had it in on Bewitched and different movies and things like that and lots and lots of shows, and, and I had it in the Oakland Oakland, um, used to, you know, Oakland Auditorium, and uh, used to be called the Oakland Roadster Show. Mm-hmm. And so I had it in there in what they call the Tournament of Fame. And so whoever won the Tournament of Fame, originally for two years, they, they got a trip to, um, I think, to Paris. Well, then when I won it, then they they just give me money, and I didn't get the trip to, to Paris. But uh, well, that anyway, worked I owned it for quite a number of years, and then... And then ended up uh, got a divorce, and so I, at the time I got a divorce, I had 75 cars, and a lot of these were just old prop cars for movies, and you know ordinary vehicles that I rented out to the studios and old trucks and things. But anyway, I sold it all, 
and then it went to Harris uh, collection in Reno, and then later uh, when uh, Mr. Harris died, Hera died, um, then they sold it at an auction, and I lost track of it. And I didn't know where it was. So for quite a few years, uh, 15 years or so, didn't know where it was. And then finally, a friend of mine called up and says, Hey, Gene, your car uh, is going to be on. And, of course, I renamed it the reactor. When I got it back, uh, he called it, the uh, Joe Kaiser called it the Autorama Special. So I, I named it the reactor just because it had a lot of interesting things happening and, and a lot of remote control, electronic devices and things. So anyway, he says, your reactor is going to come up for auction. So he went and bought it for me and then had it in Florida for about a year, and then I finally got it out here and restored it, and, and I still have it. So we're having lots of fun, and, and I do shows and you know appearances with it and things all the time. Now, that car was featured in Star Trek, and it was also featured in Batman. Is that the one that Eartha Kitt drove? Yes, Eartha okay. Kitt drove it for two episodes in, in Batman, and she was the Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Julie Newmeyer originally was the, the Catwoman for quite a few episodes. Right. So anyway, she was so short, I had to extend the pedals 12 inches so she could drive it, and she only had to drive it a half a block or so. But I had to extend the pedals, and... And then she drove it for two episodes, and her and the Joker were seen with it, and it was a lot of fun. The studio put cat whiskers and a tail and big ears, and, <laughs> you know, and kind of made it like a cat and so forth. So it was kind of a crazy-looking thing. Wow. Now, you started out in Modesto, and you had a little shop there, and it was called Wendy's, and that was back in the late 50s, right? Somewhere around in there? Uh, uh, late 40s. Late 40s? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, late, late 46, I opened up that little chicken house shop. And um, and first I was just doing uh, more like speed shop, uh, speed equipment, and, and I was porting and relieving flathead engines. And then I started dropping my own axles and did all kinds of stuff relating to hot rods. And then little by little somebody would come in and they'd ask me to mold off a hood or a trunk lid or something. And, of course, I, I learned how to weld. I was all self-taught on everything, welding, painting, everything. So I would weld up the holes and fix their hood and trunk, and, and little by little, it got more and more into the custom side of it, and less and less on the racing and on the uh, the hot rod end of it. Well, I was reading somewhere that you actually took a Model T, and you ran it at Bonneville and ran about 135 miles an hour with it? That's true. Uh, the the uh, See, when they first started drag racing uh, in in Northern California, the first, well, first we went to an illegal strip. We found an old abandoned navy strip and we went there and we'd go out there and uh, you know on a sunday and and run uh two three four five six cars abreast there was no no clocks we just marked off a quarter of a mile and we'd just take off you know two cars three cars at once and just go out and run whatever motorcycles cars customs hot rods a little bit of everything so then the the farmers finally shut us down there and then they opened up the first legal strip was around Tracy, California, and then and we ran that strip for just a year or two, maybe maybe a year and a half, and then again the farmers complained and there was too much noise and so forth, and so then then the next strip was Kingdon Airstrip, and that was up by Lodi, California, just uh, just out of Lodi, south of Sa- uh, Sacramento. So I went up there and I I raced there, and I so I. I did all different classes. First, I was running my street roadster, but it was very heavy, and it was all flathead powered. In fact, I had a small flathead. I had boarded out 60 over stock and, and stock stroke, so it was it was 248 cubic inches, and um, and I, I just happened to hit a, a wonderful combination. I had a magneto for it, and I had uh, first I had two carburetors, then I had three carburetors, then I had four carburetors. And it was always on gasoline. I had a, a good mixture of aviation gasoline, and I would go out there. And so during those years, I actually retired. I got married in 53, and uh, she asked me not to, to race anymore. So I retired from drag racing in 53, and I had, I think, 48 trophies at that time. So it was a, a wonderful experience, and I ran all different kind of classes body classes. I run Roadster and I run Coupe, uh, just a little bit of everything. So back to the T-Coupe that you mentioned, I called it the thing. I took a 27 T-Coupe 
and I chopped it way down, and I slanted the windshield, and uh, and I put different uh, oh I put different rear ends in it and different transmissions and and so forth and and so I had a, a a lot of fun with that and and then in '51 I went to Bonneville for the first time and I was running gasoline there and I I did not have a quick change rear end I only had the uh, the stock Ford uh, rear end with a high high gear I think it was a 454. The 450, well, 458 or something like that. I forget the rear end now. But anyway, it had a fairly high rear end, and I had 82016 tires, and they were recaps, retreads, and I went 128 miles an hour on those retreads. Jeez. And then uh, somebody loaned me back there at Bonneville, they loaned me a, fuel in, a Howard fuel injection unit to put on the engine instead of carburation. And then they loaned me some bigger tires, some 18-inch Indy tires. So I, and it took us about three days to get this thing to run. We had nothing but trouble. So then we try, we were trying alcohol and and nitro, but you know we were afraid of the nitro, so we only put 10%, 10% nitro and, and alcohol. And back then it didn't matter whether you run fuel or gas; it was the same class. It was just a flathead engine size class. So anyway, then I returned 135, 135 and a half, and I got third place, and I was very happy with that. It was just a wonderful uh, experience, and, and I got, uh, you know, actually I had got trophies before that, but it was the first Bonneville trophy. Well, that's cool. So then you moved what? You moved to Southern California and uh, started building custom cars there for a while? Is that no, what you... before I moved to Southern California, I moved to Phoenix. Um, I oh, was, that's right. I was a styling consultant with AMT Model Company. I was actually styling consult with them for about nine years altogether. So while I was doing the consultant work and, and we were, you know, they had what they call the three-in-one kits mm-hmm. and we would build it as a, a custom or a, or a race kit or a stock so they could build it either one of the three. So I was doing the kits and, and, and all of that for a few years. So then a promoter uh, come into AMT and started working with them, and, and they promoted the Ford Custom Car Caravan, and uh, so I built cars for that. I built the Econoline pickup, which I'm duplicating now. It was a 62 Econoline pickup, and I did some asymmetrical design, like two headlights on one side and one on the other, and the grills off-center and the bumpers and everything. And I'm duplicating that now, except on the inside, I'm I'm doing it all different, all modern, and airbags and and a 92 Thunderbird engine transmission and rear end, independent rear end and everything. Now that car, the Econoline, was called the Pacifica back then, right? That is correct. And it'll be called that again. So I'm building the Pacifica. Okay. Go ahead. No, 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 I was going to say, and then after the Pacifica, uh, what did you build after that? Was that part of that caravan, that Ford yes, uh, custom car? Yes, that was part of the custom car caravan. I also built a Falcon convertible called the Franciscan, and then I built a, uh, oh, I painted a Galaxy. I painted the first Galaxy, uh, a 63 Galaxy, what they call it, a fastback or something. Yeah. The roof was different. 63 and a half, and, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I painted the first one for Ford, and they had it on sh- on shows and then on display and all over the country. Now, did so you I just had a lot of fun with that? And so, anyway, at at um, prior to me uh, going with AMT. Now, see, I went to AMT there uh, in Phoenix. We we set up the speed and custom division for for AMT, and there and I had already been to the studios. In fact, um, the way I got in with the studios, I took my car uh, called the Reactor. And I took it uh, on an open trailer down, and, and I didn't know anybody at any studio. So I went to Fox. I found out where Fox Studio was, and I went up to the gate, and I conned the guy at the gate a little bit. I says, I, I have this special car here, and, of course, you could see it right there on the trailer. And I says, the transportation department wants to look at it. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course, I didn't know anybody there. So he said, oh, yeah, go right down here and turn left, and there you go right to the transportation department. So I took it there, and they just loved it, and everything was wonderful. And then they, they in turn, showed me or told me where all the other studios were. So for two days, I took that car all around Hollywood and showed it off, and I had all kinds of actors and actresses sit in it and, and stand by it. And I had Bill Cosby sit in it, and I had the Smothers Brothers sit in it, and uh, Michael Landon, and just on and on and on. 
it was really a, a good thing for me to make this these contacts. So then shortly after I had made the contacts, the studio started calling me and wanted me to do things. And then and then the uh, this promoter for AMT, he promoted the Speed and Custom Division in Phoenix. So I moved to Phoenix. I left my shop run for another year with somebody else running it. And then I moved to Phoenix, and I was a plant manager of the facility there in, in Phoenix. And so there we started really promoting the the movie car business and television and um, also while we were there we promoted a chevrolet fleet of 75 cars and some of those cars we uh, kept in a storage facility in beverly hills and then some of them we doled out to like to warner brothers we give them 25 cars uh, and and replaced them each year for two or three years so we had movie cars available, and so we made all kinds of contacts. So during this period and while we made these contacts, uh, AMT, what they wanted to do was to make models, for instance, the man from UNCLE. See, we built the UNCLE car, we gave it to the studio at no charge, and then with the, so with the understanding that, we had, that AMT had rights to build the kits. And we did the same thing with Star Trek with the shuttlecraft we built the shuttlecraft and uh, completely gave it to the studio at no charge and then they used it of course in lots of lots of different episodes and by the way sam foos worked for me in three different shops and uh, a lot of you uh, people out there know of chip foos of course he had the tv show called overhauling and uh, so chip i've known since i was well, since he was two years old, and our families went water skiing together and everything, it was really a great, great fun time and lots of good relations there. So with Sam working for me, and then also uh, a young fellow named Tweedy, mm-hmm. Tweedy. came to me, and uh, he was a pinstriper and painter, and we created all kinds of beautiful shapes and, and things with paint between Sam, very artistic, Sam, myself, and Tweedy, we created all kinds of just really creative painting and pinstriping and things like that. We painted motorcycles, we painted drag cars, and, and of course, all the movie cars. So it was really a, a, a really a good... A great time back here. Uh, by the way, I stopped by Tweedy uh, before the show, and I told him that you would be calling him, and I also told him that uh, he should be listening to the show tonight because we will mention the same. So, Tweedy, if you're out there, if you're listening, uh, Tweedy... Hi, from uh, Robert at Nostalgic Radio Cars. Yeah, and- hello, Tweety. It's good to hear from you. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Now, Tweety, for all you guys who uh, aren't familiar with him, he used to be the factory team race car painter for Carroll Shelby. He worked for George Bears and, of course, with Gene Winfield. So uh, Tweety was a great guy. Tell us a little bit about the uh, Drip Star. Was that before or after the reactor? Uh, that was uh, before. I built the Strip Star, actually, and that was for another promoter. I built that for Robert Larry. And he had a company called Promotions Incorporated, in based in Detroit. And he had, uh, oh, he had twenty some shows. I think twenty five or twenty six shows. So I built the Strip Star for him. I actually started building it in '63, finished it in '64, and then uh, later I bought it back. So I own both of the aluminum car. By the way, both the Strip Star and the Reactor are all aluminum, and I built both of those in the '60s. And I bought both of them back, and I have them here now. Now, those cars are hand-formed aluminum. So if anybody wants yes. to know, you actually panel-fit those cars. Those are hand-formed, correct? Yes, yes. We we did English wheel and sandbag, and and uh, especially on the uh, first one, which was the Strip Star, uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't farm out any part of that one. Now, with the reactor, I farmed out just the rear fins to California Metal Shaping. I built a wood buck. And then they they made the panels for me, and then we brought them back and welded welded them together. We gas welded all the aluminum panels together, and uh, it was really great. Now you also did the uh, Sunbeam Tiger on the TV show Get Smart, right? Tell us a little bit about yes. that and how you made the cannon come through the hood. Yeah, uh, actually, see, we started out with that, and and they had some some problems with sponsors at first because we designed a Volkswagen, and the Volkswagen had all kinds of gimmicks and trick things that moved and everything so then they decided no we can't do that so he uh he had a sunbeam already 
uh, announced on the show or used part time. So we took a a um, the uh, red sunbeam and made a cannon. And you push a button, the trap doors open, the cannon comes up out of the hood and elevates up and down all by remote control. And then it had oh a knife on the uh, emergency brake and and uh, a periscope on the antenna and just all kinds of gimmicks. And it had ram bumper guards. You push a bump push a, a button, and the bumper guards would just shoot out there and just ram out. And they were really strong and, and deadly. <laughs> deadly. But, uh, and, and, you know, all kinds of gimmicks. And then the, the main gimmick there on the, on the Get Smart car was the license plate. We, I put a slot machine mechanism in the trunk, and so you push a button and you get a different license number, and you don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. it would go ding, 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 and you get a new license number, and that was really great. And uh, later on, that car, the Get Smart car, was given away in a, uh, a contest for the AMT dealers. The AMT dealer that sold the most kits of the, of that vehicle. Uh, we actually, we went to Sparks, Nevada. That that vehicle actually was given away to a fellow in Sparks, Nevada. And now we're looking for it. We can't find it. But anyway. Well, that's interesting. So there, so that car may still exist. It might. Okay. It might. They, they did build a duplicate, which wasn't very accurate. And, and then even when they, uh, you know, when they come out with the movie, the, uh, the Get, Start, Get Smart movie, then they, they had a red sunbeam in, the, in a museum somewhere, and they busted through the window and drove it out. And I think it ran out of gas or something. I'm not sure just how that went. Mm-hmm. Now, you also did, um, in the, in, uh, tell us about the Piranha Dragster. What was the story behind that? Well, AMT worked a deal with a, uh, a couple of companies in, in Detroit and, and Massachusetts, I think it was. But what it was, the uh, Dan Deaver designed a car to be a limited production sports car. And he designed this in Detroit and... And the concept was it had a complete fiberglass chassis. There was no metal between the front and rear suspension. There was a metal cage that bolted in there that had the independent, with four-wheel independent suspension, Corvair-powered, and it had aluminum honeycomb firewall and all kinds of lightweight stuff, and it was really trick. But the body itself was vacuum-formed in two pieces, an upper body and lower body, and they they bolted literally bolted together, and then there was a heavy uh, molding, a cyclic molding that went around that seam through the center, and and they, to to hide the bolts, and so that was the concept. So we were going to sell these limited production sport cars for about five thousand dollars, and we were actually taking orders for them, but we were still under construction, and the. The plans and the the tooling that we had were were not com- not quite complete enough to really put this car out in a in a uh, limited production uh, a decent production type manner. So we had to do so many things by hand. The cars ended up was costing us about nine thousand dollars to build them, so we couldn't sell them for five. So we built four cars, and and then later those four cars were sold back to. Marbon Chemical Company, who created the Cyclac plastic and created the, you know, the material to make these bodies out of. So then I took one of those, uh, what we're going to call a production car, and I made it into the Man from Uncle. Now, first we designed a Dodge Charger, and we a brand-new Dodge Charger, which was coming out that year, and, uh, and we designed everything on it, and they okayed it, and we... Uh, Dodge was uh, sending us the parts already, extra taillights and and gas uh, gas uh, filler cap and all kinds of stuff. We received all these parts and we were waiting for the car to arrive, and which was going to arrive in another week. Then they said, "Whoops, we can't do that because the Dodge Charger was too recognizable, and Dodge was putting too much advertisement into it, and other." car manufacturers wouldn't sponsor the show. So they said, we have to have a, a nondescript, what they call a nondescript vehicle. So we took, and we, we took the Piranha, 
and I reworked it and redesigned it, and they okayed that. So then uh, Sam Foose and I and Tweedy was there, and, and we worked on the uncle car. So we built this uncle car in about 60 days, and it was night and day, 24 hours a day, and we were also building the shuttlecraft for Star Trek at the same time. So we had quite a crew going, and, and it was really a, a lot of hassle getting it done. So I finally delivered, I, I personally delivered the uncle car to the studios, and I shot pictures with Stephanie Powers and Robert Vaughn and uh, what's his name? Dave Perry McCallum. Hacken. Yeah, Dave McCallum. McCallum, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I uh, delivered it, and they loved it, and everything was wonderful. So then they started using it in, in an episode. They wrote it into an episode. Well, then Robert Vaughn didn't like it. He didn't like getting in, uh, in and out of the car. Uh, he, he thought it was, you know, because the sill of the car was up kind of halfway on the body. So you had to kind of sit on the sill and slide off into the seat. And so getting out was a little more cum- uh, cumbersome, you know, it was a little difficult. But after you do it, two or three times, then it was easy, and, and it worked out fine. And so later, they they did an episode with him getting out of the car, and he, he got out of there so smooth you couldn't believe it. <laughs> there was no problem. But like I say, he did not really like it very much, so they didn't use the car as much as they should have and as much as they could have. So they used it on a few episodes. Then after it sat there, and for it was over there for you know a couple of years, then they called me up and said, Gene, you might as well pick it up because we're not using the car. So we, I brought it back to Phoenix, and then Marbon was was buying the cars. We were not going to produce the the production version of the Piranha, and so they wanted this car. Well, I'm, I'm, I wasn't about to give them the uncle car, so I bought the parts from AMT, and I bought a stock body and chassis, and then I built, the, I rebuilt and reconstructed the uncle car for me, and I owned it. And then I built a special truck, and I hauled it all over the United States in the shows and whatnot. And while it was back in, I forget, Chicago or somewhere, I forget what show, uh, Mitch Daroff, and he owned Botany 500 clothes. Well, he loved the car, and he bought it and from me, and so we showed it one other show after that and then delivered it to him. And then he tried to register it on the street, and, of course, it had a plexiglass windshield and a few things that, that didn't uh, meet the, the DMV requirements, so they wouldn't let him. And he kind of got mad and wised off to him a little bit. And then, and then so he took it to another state and tried to register it there, and they said no. And uh, so then he called me up and wanted to sell it back. And, and, uh, and of course, I already spent the money and bought real estate or whatever so um so then uh so he still has the car then he finally sold it uh a lady bought it i think and and she stored it away she was going to she was expecting to get real big money for it um i I heard the story that she was asking a hundred thousand for it and she probably bought it for about 25 but um so anyway she had it stored away for quite a number of years and, and it was almost uh out of sight. What I mean is nobody knew where it was. So uh, then uh, Bob Short, uh, he was uh, he did a lot of stuff for the Uncle TV show, and he was a, a, almost a historian, you might say, for, for the Uncle uh, TV. And uh, so he traced it down, and I helped him find her, and he bought it, and he still has it today. And uh, it's in good shape. He keeps it in his garage at home in Malibu. Super. Let's go to the spinner from the movie Blade Runner. Now, we got about five minutes left. Do you think you could tell us a quick story on, the, on how that car came about? Yeah. Uh, they uh, Actually, Sid Mead designed all the cars for Blade Runner, and he did those on, uh, on colored renderings and uh, took them to the, uh, to the uh, director, really Scott, and he okayed them. And then so I got the job. To, to build these cars, all I built 25 cars. Actually started out as 27, and then they changed one of them around, so I built six of these and four of those and seven of those and different. So there was actually, you know, four or five different models, coupes and sedans and taxis and all of that. So I built all of those cars. That was 18 hours a day, seven days a week uh, for five and a half months. 
and uh, got those all done. And we had a progressive delivery schedule, so we delivered two cars, and then two weeks later, two more, and so on like that. So it all went uh, pretty well. And I have one of those right here in my office. I have a, a little coupe. We called it Every Man's Coupe. And I have a yellow one that was used in the in the uh, movie. And, uh, in fact, uh, Harrison Ford chases the snake lady outside, and, and she bumps into this yellow car, and, and then uh, he blows her away. <laughs> now, the uh, spinner, what was that? What were some of those cars based on, real quick? Well, we used a Volkswagen chassis for some of the spinners, and... Uh, and some of the sedans, we lengthened the Volkswagen chassis, and then the coupes, we shortened the Volkswagen chassis. So I used Volkswagen chassis for almost all of them except the uh, Decker. Uh, no, the uh, Sebastian's big thing was a uh, you know big Armadillo type car, and that was that was a Dodge van chassis. So the Spinner was built on a VW chassis, and I built the one that they lifted to fly, and no engine, no tranny. And I put all the interior in it, all of the gimmicks and gadgets and retrofit stuff. I uh, went to surplus stores and found all kinds of stuff and put that all in the in the spinner. Now, when you design these cars, we've got a couple minutes, a minute or two left. When you design these cars, did they pretty much give you the plans and then pretty much free reign and a budget to do the cars? Is that the way that well, worked? Well, in, uh, in the case of Blade Runner, no, they, there was no, no uh, free anything. In other words, Sid Mead designed them, and then they had seven people working in the studio to put them to scale. So from his renderings, they put them to scale, and it was kind of a weird scale. And then, so the reason for that is I was building the real cars while they were building, in special effects, they were building the small-scale models. I see. So they flew the scale models, but they had to be the same scale, you see. So they were miniatures of of the the full-size cars that I was building. Okay. Well, uh, Gene, we're just about out of time, but I want to thank you for coming on uh, the radio show tonight, and uh, no we'll problem. definitely have to have you come back on again. And uh, so you're going to be, I know you're going to be on tour, and I know you're going to go on to uh, some of these other venues around the country. Yeah, and then I'm you, going to Finland in a couple of weeks. I'm going to Sacramento tomorrow, and then I go to Detroit, Detroit Autorama. Okay, well, that's super. So hopefully we'll see you in Florida. And then what? another thing we're going to talk about the next time around is we're going to talk about the El Matador. Okay, that was yeah. Cushenberry's car that's somewhere here in Florida that we're going to find that car, and we'll talk about yes, that. Yes, I, I know where it is, and, and I'll tell you, and then I'm going to do a workshop, a metalworking class there in Florida. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're going to do a metalworking class. All right, so if anybody wants to find out about you, they can go check out the website, and then yep. uh, we'll see you in the future. In the meantime, Gene, I want to thank you for coming on the show. We're out of time here. Everybody stay okay. safe. Drive carefully. And thanks, love Robert. your family. We'll see you. Gene, thanks, and we'll Bye-bye. take care. Bye-bye. Bye.